0: All right, back here on the Rich Keefe Show. Mark Dondero in for Rich. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. You know, it's just the, the, this is the situation that we're in with the Patriots. And I know the fans, and Chris Gasper wrote about this today in the Boston Globe. And he's right. The fans, were are programmed to, to root for the team. And it's awkward because most of the time we're aligned with the team. We're aligned with the head coach. We're aligned with the players that we root for. We want the same things that they want, by and large, to play well, to produce, to win. Uh, But every now and then it comes to a point where you cannot be in alignment with the players and with the coach. And based on where the Patriots are, unfortunately, we've arrived at that point. We've arrived at that point. They're not going to be in the playoffs. They're not going to be anywhere near the playoffs. And they haven't been for the last few years. And the last time they were in the playoffs, it was an unmitigated disaster and an embarrassment. So we can't do it. So as a result, we got to separate our feelings from what needs to actually happen. And that's the thing we need to embrace. It sucks. I mean, didn't you feel that? on 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 christmas eve when we were watching that win because it was fun to watch a win and then you remembered oh yeah it meant nothing really i mean i miss the feeling of winning a big game that means something winning a big football game on sunday night football against one of the best teams that actually means something that proves you're a team to be reckoned with, that proves you're in contention for the Super Bowl and that you have a legitimate chance to win it, that puts you in the playoffs, that gives you the first-round bye, that secures home-field advantage. I miss all of that. When wins meant something and were meaningful. Now, we have it with the Celtics, thankfully. But with the Patriots, it's fun in the NFL to have a good team. I want them to do that again. And in order to get to that point, They've got to start losing these games, and they got to lose to get to the top of the draft, to get the players that are going to be able to get them to where they want to get back to. That's my position. Because they're not in the playoffs. The teams that are in the playoffs, though, you know, it's going to be a fun field. In the AFC right now, it's the Ravens. It's going to be an upset. They do have a tough game against the Dolphins this week, and we'll see what happens there. Um, But at this point, obviously, it would be an upset if the Ravens weren't the number one seed. And they're banged up. They don't even have Mark Andrews. I mean, that's a bummer. He's one of their best, if not their best, offensive player outside of Lamar Jackson. Imagine if they had him. I have to give Lamar Jackson a lot of credit. I am a Lamar Jackson, not an apologist, but I have turned over a new leaf on Lamar Jackson. I was one of his biggest critics. I still have reservations about his play in the playoffs and if it gets off schedule. But that guy has improved as a passer. Okay, and their defense is legit. They are going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. They do have some weapons now. Zay Flowers has been excellent. They've got the running backs. Even though they continue to get hurt, they seem to have another guy that's ready to step up. OBJ has been there. I mean, they've got guys to help out Lamar Jackson, and we all know how electric he can be. As of right now, you would have in the first round of the AFC playoffs you'd have the dolphins hosting the colts the jaguars hosting the browns which would be interesting jaguars 8 and 7 browns 10 and 5 10 and 5 and then the big one on wild card weekend would be the bills as of right now visiting the kansas city chiefs i'll tell you what i'll tell you the team right now Out of the AFC that I think is going to the Super Bowl. I think it's the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, there's still some time. They didn't look great against the Chargers. Found a way to win. Um, They're going to get the Patriots. You can't lose that game. But I don't know. There's something about the Bills right now. I feel like they're trying. Defensively, it feels like they're sort of trending in the right direction. I feel like Josh Allen has figured it out a little bit. We know he can be electric when he's right. It just feels like in a field that is a little bit more open than maybe we thought to start the season, the Buffalo Bills, to me, are a dark horse, and I'm willing to even pick them as of now to get to the Super Bowl. If they lose to the Patriots, I reserve the right to change my mind uh, once the playoffs start. But I don't know. I feel they've been through some of these wars in the playoffs. They've they've had their they've paid their dues. If they limit turnovers, and all of a sudden you know Stephon Diggs warms up a little bit. If he heats up, you got Cook, you got Kincaid, you got some of the tight ends. You know Dawson Knox is still somebody that can produce for you. If the defense continues to play on this trajectory, as good as Lamar Jackson has been. I do think that Josh Allen is more suited for a playoff game, a tough playoff game in the in the rain, in the cold, in the you know. He's hasn't won anything, but he's been there. I like the Ravens, I like their DNA obviously. But I could see this coming down to Baltimore and Buffalo. And that'd be a hell of a game. Obviously, the Chiefs, you can't count out because of their defense, because of their quarterback. And I expect them to be a tough out, obviously. But if it's Buffalo versus Kansas City right now, I'm taking Buffalo. And I think they're going to find a way to get to the Super Bowl. Let's talk to Miles on the Ravens' culture. Hey, Miles.
1: Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, not too much, man. So I just want to touch base because, you know, the biggest difference between the Ravens and the Patriots it's not so much the coach, and you, you want to give Harbaugh all the credit, uh, but what kind of aggravates me, not at you, but just the, the media does this in general, is that they have a tremendous uh, general manager named Eric DeCosta, who's actually from these parts. He's from Taunton, Mass. Played football in these parts and learned the trade here and in New England as a local boy. And so he is tremendous. He's probably one of the top three GM, and he's been there for 25 years. He was the understudy to Ozzie Newsome kind of like Adam Peters is in San Francisco now, even though he's kind of the de facto GM. And so if you put Bill Belichick with the Ravens the last 15 years as GM and left Harbaugh, they'd be in the same position the Patriots are now. It's not Harbaugh that's that's so much the culture of, of the
0: Ravens. It's DaCosta. That's a great point. Thanks for the call. Um, no, that's a great point by Miles. Ozzie Newsom set this standard a long time ago. Uh, he was there for all those drafts and they've always drafted well um and I'm for that point but I'm not ready to discount what John Harbaugh has done there and keep in mind um you know they brought in Lamar Jackson but you know a lot of what they did with Lamar Jackson and they the way they made him um or they put him in a position to have success MVP level success A lot of that was the coach. It was Greg Roman when he was there. It was John Harbaugh. And it was the coaching staff that set up their offense to have success with a player like Lamar Jackson. Yes, they've had good drafts. You know, they drafted Patrick Queen. They drafted some guys uh, that have been really productive defensively and offensively. And that's always been the case. The Ravens have always drafted well, and it's a fair point. That's been arguably what's been one of the biggest problems with the Patriots. They haven't been able to sustain the success because the draft picks haven't panned out. But I do think a lot of it is John Harbaugh and the culture. I mean, when you're talking about the culture, that's not really the draft picks that you make. You need the draft picks to get talent to put on the field to win. But I'm talking about the culture. I mean, even coming into the year, who the hell did the Ravens have? I thought their defense was going to be bad. A lot of people did. But it wasn't. Now, part of that was because of the draft picks and the in the talent, but part of that also was the standard of the culture that have remained in place since some of those top guys have left. Eric DeCosta. Remember that name? Taunton, Massachusetts. Taunton High School, Colby College, Trinity College, Nescat guy. That's the type of hire I would love to see the New England Patriots make. Who's the Eric DaCosta for the San Francisco 49ers? You know, before Eric DaCosta was elevated to general manager. Who's that guy? Who's the Eric DaCosta of the scouting department of the Pittsburgh Steelers all those years they were able to draft competent wide receivers? You know, who is, or even the Minnesota Vikings. Competent wide receiver selections. Now, maybe that's a lower level guy, but go find it. Go find that guy. Go find a guy in an organization that is a lot of, or has had a lot of success drafting players. Bring him in. Ravens have had a ton of success drafting players. Tons of success. That's their big thing. Now, Bill Belichick, to his credit, I think has bounced back a little bit. You know, some of the guys he has drafted recently um, don't look as, obviously, Christian Gonzalez. Even though he's only played three games. I mean, I, I said it the other day on Twitter. I'll give Bill Belichick credit. Zay Flowers looks great for the Baltimore Ravens. Looks great. But the Patriots, despite having the chance to draft Zay Flowers... They said, Belichick said, no, thank you, and got Christian Gonzalez, and then later got Demario Douglas. I would take, again, Christian Gonzalez is hurt after three games. People were high on him. He looked great. But I would still take Christian Gonzalez and Demario Douglas over just Zay Flowers, as much as I like Zay Flowers. Credit to Belichick there. There's a little one-up on the Ravens. Now we'll see what happens. You know, Demario Douglas, I thought should have been featured way more this year than he was. We'll see where he goes, where it goes with him going forward and what Christian Gonzalez actually is. I mean, now he had that one big injury. He was out for the year. If he has another one, fair or not, he, he's injury prone. One more big injury and he becomes injury prone. Losing for his entire rookie season. He better play a whole season next year or else he's going to get labeled. It's not fair, but that's the way it goes. So this is another whole piece to this Belichick puzzle that needs to be sorted out. The model is no longer the coach and the GM are the same person in the NFL. That's no longer the model. You got to end that model with the New England Patriots. That's another reason why with the tra- the draft pick you have – you have to you have to move forward and change it up and clean house and change the structure and all of those things so you can get to a point where you can hire an actual GM and this is part of the plan the crafts have better have in place who's that next GM going to be that short list is already better be you know ruined because you've been t- touching it so much and dealing with it and handling it so much better have that shortlist prepared. You better be ca- talking to people in communication and be ready to execute as soon as this goes forward. Not a lot of time. But I would go into some of those organizations, if you're looking for a GM, and find the teams that have had the success drafting and go from there. Because that's exactly who is going to help the Patriots get back it started with Belichick having success in the draft, and even before Belichick, Bill Parcells. All those guys were drafted. All of them, for the most part. Who wasn't drafted? Mike Vrabel? Uh, I mean, a lot of them were Bill Parcells guys. Teddy Bruschi, you know, Willie McGinnis, Adam Vinatieri. But they were still drafted. That's how you build a team even today. That's how you build a team. The Bengals, they drafted their guys. The Chiefs, they drafted their guys. Buffalo. Okay, they got Stephon Diggs. A lot of their guys have been drafted, including the most important guy. Got to draft well still. That's never changed. And it's going to have to as we go forward. But that that model is is expired. They don't have that type of model anymore. So I, that's another reason why it's time to move on. It's time to switch it up. We'll talk about the NFC when we get back. Uh, but the AFC field is going to be really good. As of right now, these are the teams. The only team I'd like to see out Um, are the Colts. They don't really interest me. And despite the fact Joe Burrow's not playing, I'd like to see the Bengals get in there. They have weapons. You know, they have had some quarterback production since Burrow left. Maybe that could be a little bit more interesting, but I'd like to see the Bengals get in just because they've been there and they're playoff tested a little bit more. I don't think the Colts will do much. We'll get to the NFC. Also, I have a Red Sox take and some Celtics love. We have to talk about the Celtics and what they've been doing. That's coming up here on the Rich Keefe Show. I'm Mark Dundaro, in for Rich. Now let's train.
1: It's the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go.
0: All right, back here on the Rich Keep Show. Mark Dondero in for Rich. W-E-E-I 617-779-7937 is the phone number if you want to send us an email. Um, got a bunch of emails here. That address again, mark.dondero at odyssey.com. We'll get to the emails in a little bit. Let's get to back to the phone calls. Chad's in Walpole. Hey, Chad. Hey, big fan. I'm calling about uh, Belichick, the GM, I'm kind of tired of the criticism. A lot of people focusing on the draft picks. I get it. But people don't talk enough about the free agent additions and the pickups that he's made. I mean, most recently, Judon becomes one of the best defensive players in the league. Go back to Gilmore, literally gets him, becomes defensive player of the league. And then even you go back, you, then you can find him. Welker, Hall of Famer. So, like, the guy is brilliant. He knows talent. Yes, there's been some misses. But let's give him the man some credit. He's made some amazing pickups in the free agency. All right. Thanks for the. Call. It sounds like Chad's having some tea for dinner there. Um, look, the the thing about he's not. Chad is right. We need to give Belichick a little bit of credit on some of these moves. He's made some really good moves, some clutch moves. The problem is, some of those moves, okay, have been in an effort to make up for some of the drafting missteps. That's been the problem. And then we look at some of the keys. And we talked about this a little bit last night with KJ. Um, You know, why is Greg Popovich not gotten some of the heat thrown his way that Bill Belichick has? Why is that? Well, part of the reason is because Bill Belichick has, he's had some signature misses. And yes, like the Judon move was an awesome move. Guy has worked out in spades. And he's even had some good drafts, like I said. You know, he's gotten some good players in the draft. But, you know, the key ones, the 2019 draft, when you had a wide receiver that you needed in the first round, He had all those guys still on the board, and you're taking kill, Harry. That's a key. That is a timely or, I guess, an untimely miss by Bill Belichick. That is brutal. That one was a key signature miss by Bill Belichick. You know, if you want to throw the Mac Jones one in there, It's not as, you know, that was a little different. It was working out, and then it wasn't. You know, and then there was the whole Tom Brady thing. I think people hold that against Bill Belichick, the GM. Being willing to let Brady walk out the door. When you knew he was the culture, when you knew he was the, the best player that you've ever had. Sorry, Lawrence Taylor. He was the best player you ever had. And then he goes to Tampa and is still as good as he ever was here, and he wins the Super Bowl. That... Okay, those are defining moments. And it's too bad. I mean, if Tom Brady had gone to Tampa and was the Tom Brady we saw in his final season there, people wouldn't have been as upset. And they would have said, ah, Belichick, okay, now we, may, we get it a little bit. He's not as good without Belichick. He wasn't as good overall. He's, you know, declined a little, and now we understand why he let him walk That's how it happened. He went to Tampa, and he was as good as he's ever been. And they won the freaking Super Bowl. And he looked awesome. And he won on the road, and he won everywhere. I know it was a COVID year, but he won all these playoff games and did everything with Tampa that you wanted him to do one more time with you. Belichick is the reason he walked away. I know Brady wanted to leave, but, you know, we all know how that – we're not going to bring that one back to court. But there were some key signature misses that led to this. The other one being – okay, and here's, I guess, the trifecta for Chad – was the year that he went all in and, and you know, spent all that money. What was that, 2021 after the Cam Newton season? Jonu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, all these guys that ended up doing bupkis. I mean, Smith couldn't have been more embarrassing. Aguilar, I mean, some of these guys have had a resurgence away from New England, which is another black mark. But they were horrific. I mean, Johnny Smith was horrific here. You went out and spent all that money and missed in a key time for the franchise when you were trying to reestablish yourself without Tom Brady. It set you back, and those are very explosive misses, and that's why I think he gets some of the heat. And that's why, uh, from Chad's point of view, some of those good things that he's done get put on the back burner because all you see are the explosive misses, and they've been explosive. Obviously, it was going to be, you know, anything he did post Tom Brady was going to be of vital importance. And it just got through, you know, he just had some big misses. Now, I don't know if he ended up with A.J. Brown or if he ended up with um, Debo Samuel, if any of those guys would have made a difference with Tom Brady, made a difference with wins and losses. I mean, without Brady, probably not. But, I mean, you've got Debo Samuel. He was meeting with the Patriots. He wanted to come here. He thought he was coming here. It didn't happen. You got A.J. Brown crying because the Patriots didn't draft him and now look at him in the NFL. Didn't happen. And it's just like, well, you had the chance on all those guys. Texter, who drafted Tom Brady? Oh, I'm well aware. Believe me, I am one of the the presidents of that fan club for Bill Belichick. Don't stop with drafting Tom Brady. Keeping Tom Brady on the roster in 2000 then having the balls to keep Tom Brady as the starter when Drew Bledsoe was healthy. That's genius. That's what Bill Belichick, honestly, forget about all of his defensive, everything he's done as a defensive coach and defensive, all this. That might be, that's probably Bill Belichick's most important move in his entire career. Most important thing he ever did in his entire career arguably, was the way he handled Tom Brady in that 2000-2001 time frame.
2: Well, this is what drives me nuts, though, about the Belichick defenders, is that think about some of the names we're bringing up here. Brady, Chad mentioned Wes Welker, Stefan Gilmore. Even that was years ago. What's the time limit? You can give him credit for those moves, but let's look at what he's done recently. It hasn't been good enough. If you took away Bill Belichick's history and went from when this team started with the cam ever and on post-Brady, any other GM in the league is
0: fired. 617-779-7937. That's exactly right, Nico. Um, that's exactly right. And, you know, the, the situation that you find yourself in is a guy that I, I know that the accomplishments are what they are, but this is what I've always said. What made Bill Belichick the greatest? Or if you don't think he's the greatest, I don't know if he's the greatest head coach of all time. Honestly, he's probably not. But Bill Belichick has earned the greatest resume any coach has ever earned in NFL history. So is he the greatest head coach of all time? No. I don't think he is. But that resume that has six Super Bowls and all the accolades and accomplishments and everything, he earned that resume. He dra- It's not somebody else he inherited. He didn't inherit Tom Brady. He drafted that guy. He stuck with him. He played him and then made it work for 20 years. So it didn't end super smooth. Belichick earned that resume. The best, the greatest resume in the history of the NFL. You can't say anything else. The problem is what made him so great, and I think maybe one of his call maybe his calling card, his ultimate calling card, was the fact that Belichick managed greatness better than anybody else in NFL history has ever managed greatness. That's my take. Now, I don't know, you know, we'll see how Andy Reid does. So far, not great. I mean, he did win a second Super Bowl with Pat Mahomes. We'll see what they do this year. You know, obviously there's still more football to be played. But Belichick managed that greatness better than anybody else. I don't know anybody else that could have done what he did. And managed. But but at the same time, managing the greatness has left them somewhat exposed now. Because what you remember, Bill Belichick, being the GOAT isn't applicable now. There is no greatness to manage. You know what I mean? When you had Brady... Brady took you to a level of unparalleled greatness. Then Bill Belichick stepped in and was like, you know what? I got this ish. I'm going to manage it for 20 years and get rid of guys a year early rather than a year late and make a bunch of moves to compliment Brady and use the defense and use Brady. All the things he did to keep the Patriots relevant, to keep it going, restocking with Tom Brady as your quarterback, to, to build a new dynasty 15 years after the first one started, all those things. But they're not it's not applicable now. You don't have the quarterback that can take you to that level where you're able to manage the greatness. So a lot of the strengths that Belichick had aren't he's not able to use now. That's why that that coach that you pine for isn't there anymore. He's not that guy anymore. He's trying to do stuff that he's not as good at doing. Still the guy with the best resume ever, but the stuff he needs to get done now, he's not as good at doing. Why do you think? How do you think the Patriots got to the top in the first place? The guy that was good at doing stuff like what needs to be done now, Bill Parcells, did all of that in the mid-90s and set the foundation in place for Belichick to come in and take it the rest of the way and not just take it the rest of the way, sustain it for 20 years. That's what made Belichick great. I don't think Bill Parcells could have done that. But I don't know if Bill Belichick could do what Bill Parcells did. What the Patriots need now is Bill Parcells and that skill set, not Bill Belichick's. Let's talk to Chris in the car. Hey, Chris.
2: Hey, hey, how's it going? How's it going? Uh, happy holidays to you, man. Happy New Year. You too. Um, you yeah, know, I just wanna i just want to say, like, I, I remember Bledsoe in that era, right before he got hurt by Mo Lewis, and people were clamoring for him to get out of town. It was—it's almost as bad as the Belichick thing is now. That wanted him to resign. I mean, and that, that whole thing, there's been so much speculation. Nobody knows for sure. You know, they say where the smoke there's fire. There is a lot of smoke, but we don't know anything yet. But I'm just telling you, Brady was the guy to come in, and, yes, it was a team effort. What if Larry Bird went to the Clippers, you know? What if Patrick Ewing went somewhere besides the Knicks, you know? It's organization and working together.
0: Thanks for the call, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, the Bledsoe thing. You forget they were eroding under Pete Carroll. Uh, but, I mean, 5-11, and 11, that was heading in the wrong direction. Now, you just got them. You paid them. You got a lot of money. But that was clearly heading in the wrong direction. And it was just, not that we're here to reminisce completely, but I'm just thinking back. The Brady thing when he started was so fascinating. And I don't know if you remember, Nico, this is going back 20-something years, but... You couldn't, you couldn't figure out exactly why. But all you knew was the Patriots were finding ways to win these games, win games. With Bledsoe, it just wasn't happening. Now, he had all this talent. He had the arm talent. I loved Drew Bledsoe is the reason why I became a Patriots fan. It was when they drafted Bledsoe when I started becoming a fan. I mean, I was like seven. But it was that time Bledsoe was the guy that made me a fan. And he had a bunch of good years passing, and he was, a, you know, a great thrower of the football. But And when Brady came in, he wasn't a dynamic passer. He wasn't throwing it all over the yard. He wasn't Mahomes. He wasn't even Peyton Manning. But they just found ways to win. And they just started winning, and you didn't know why. But it just started going in the Patriots' favor. And you just didn't know what he was a winner, and that is what winning DNA is all about. And it was just such a joy to see. Um, and yeah, I guess there is some parallels there, but w- with the Belichick and people wanting him out and Bledsoe from twenty something years ago. But my point is, what they're doing now or what they need now was never the strength of Bill Belichick. Was never that he didn't even really do that in Cleveland. Yes, he kind of got them to the playoffs. But he had Brady, and then he had all those guys that Bill Parcells drafted. And I don't mean to sound like I'm taking anything away from that, because I think Belichick was able to do things that Bill Parcells couldn't do. So Bill Parcells, great. You could draft all these guys. You could create a great team. But then what would happen? What happened in a lot of his other stops? You know, minus the Giants when he had Belichick. What happened? The Jets, he made the AFC Championship game. They were super relevant, but they couldn't actually win it all. Or his ego got in the way of them getting the players they needed in order to win it all, and he couldn't do it. Belichick was able to get them over the top. He just needed a little bit of that help to get them into a position so when they got Brady, they were ready to win and win big, and they did. So don't think I'm saying that Bill Parcells is the reason Bill Belichick won, but there was a big Early on, he, I mean, a lot of those guys, so many of those guys were Parcells guys. But don't forget about Richard Seymour either. Tom Brady, Richard Seymour. I mean, those are two Hall of Famers. You drafted the first two years you were with the Patriots. Two Hall of Famers. You know? And two of the three Hall of Famers who are on that team that won those, you know, the first Super Bowl at least. We'll see about some of the other ones. I don't know if Rodney Harrison will end up getting in. Obviously, you know, Brady's going to be in. But it was Ty Law and it was Richard Seymour. Those were your Hall of Famers on that first team that won the Super Bowl. It was a fascinating, fascinating ascent for the Patriots. And it's all right. It's come to the point where now we're at a situation where they need the guy that has closer to what Bill Parcells offered. That's the type of coach they need in here now. Maybe that's not the coach that's going to bring them back to the Super Bowl, and everyone keeps talking about the rebuild, it's five to ten years, or who are you going to get? You get rid of Belichick? Who are you going to get? Well, they're probably going to get a GM, which if you get rid of Belichick, you're getting a new one of those too. They need the guy that can build it like Parcells did. Whether that's the GM or the coach or the coach that can develop, the quarterback that the new GM pick, they need the guy that can bring the organization back or build it from the ground up. Bill Belichick has never proven he can do that to the level that you were at in terms of contending for Super Bowls. He took he took Parcells' guys, and with Cleveland, he was never near a Super Bowl. That's why if he goes somewhere else, he needs to go to a place where there's a quarterback ready to ready to win. He's not trying to go to Carolina or Washington. I keep hearing the commanders. He's not going to Washington. You're at the bottom of the league. You have no quarterback. You have no direction. You have no culture. You have nothing in Washington. He's not going there. 617-779-7937. He's not going to Washington. The best place for Bill Belichick to go would be a team that has an established quarterback, an established culture, preferably a team that's been in the playoffs, has some experience, I have a team in mind, but I don't think they're going to have a vacancy. And I think they're hoping at this point that they don't have a vacancy. We can get into that in a little bit. Belichick has to go to a ready-made team, and then he'll be closer to being able to apply some of those strengths that he has. Managing the great team, managing the type of team that can win in the playoffs, and that can go the distance. If he can get that type of situation, I think he'll have the success. And it's okay. It's okay if he has that success elsewhere. It's not going to happen here. You see what I'm saying? He needs that Bill Parcells type of talent to help build up his team. If that happens, then he could still have the type of success we saw. It's never going to happen here. Why? Because you have a guy here, Bill, who doesn't have that skill set. And whatever he did have, it's probably not as vibrant as it once was. You just don't have that guy here. Okay, so I don't want to hear that Bill Belichick is the next is the guy that's most qualified to bring the Patriots into the next generation. No. The guy with the Bill Parcells skills is the guy that's most qualified to do that. So for all those people defending Belichick and everything that he's done to this point, don't forget what started all this were the foundational drafts that Parcells had that created the core – That allows Belichick to put them over the top. And credit to Bill Belichick. But that is not who ultimately built the foundation. It was Parcells. And they need that Parcells guy now. They need to bring that guy in. And as a result, you have to move on from Bill Belichick. I feel like this is as clear as anybody's been in Boston. I mean, this is the reason you need to move on. If there's any clearer reason why you need to move on, I'd love to hear it. I'm giving it to you right now. All the reasons are right laid out here tonight on Rich Keith's show. You have the top pick. You have the reasons from the past that exemplify why this isn't the ideal situation for Bill Belichick. It's all right out there on the table. You have to move on. You've seen it coming. This trajectory has been in place now for over a year. The crafts have to be prepared. It's time. You say, thank you. I'm going to miss Bill Belichick. I mean, I was freaking putting together con- – I'm emotional putting together Belichick content. I mean, we had so much fun together. Not just at the press conferences I used to go to, but just watching his teams play. I, mean, I hate that it's time to say goodbye. I hate it. It's probably I'm probably never going to have as much fun the rest of my life as a fan than I did during the Belichick Patriot years. I don't want to see it end, but that's what's reality, and that's what we need to embrace. So I'm trying to embrace it. Um, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We get back a quick point on the NFC. We'll go through the pay, uh, the NFL playoffs again, and at the top of the hour, we'll get into some other stuff, including the Celtics and what's going on with them. And I have to give some serious props to the Boston Celtics, and it's in association with what we've been talking about with not just the New England Patriots, but with the Red Sox, too. you got to hear that. That's coming up top of the hour. Emails, mark.dondero, D-O-N-D-E-R-O at odyssey.com. Thank you to everybody that has emailed us. We'll get to some of your questions at some point. Uh, this is the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Mark Dondero in for Rich.
1: Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. And
0: streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. all right back here on the rich keith show 617-779-7937 is the phone number mark don with you uh in for rich tonight as we get set for new year's eve i'm excited for these um It's actually not New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is a Sunday, so a lot of the NFL games will be on Sunday. New Year's Day will be the college football playoff. Um, I'm disappointed that some of the top quarterbacks didn't make it because that would have been a great showcase for some of those guys. I wish Caleb Williams was in. I wish Drake, North Carolina being in was a big ask. But at least, you know, I I was hoping that Caleb Williams would be in um, because there are issues and there are um, reservations associated with Caleb Williams. You know? He was not ever good in college against the top teams. Ranked teams, good teams. He was awful. Couldn't win, didn't win. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as we head forward towards the draft. But before that, we're going to have the uh, NFL playoffs to enjoy. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the AFC side of things. The NFC not as exciting to me. I know that the 49ers just got their butts kicked, but I still think they're the best team, um, in the NFC at least. Can't say they're the best team in football right now. i got to give that to the Ravens. But, you know, Brock Purdy is allowed to have a bad game. And I I just, based on how they've played against Philly and Dallas, it would be an enormous, massive upset if the 49ers aren't in the Super Bowl. And then it comes down to can Brock Purdy put it together for one game? Um, and can he get it going I, I just don't see a lot of intrigue with the NFC there is one matchup though that is very intriguing as of now now things can change but as of now the 49ers obviously still have the bye I expect them to write themselves and they'll keep that bye as they go down you know, the last two weeks here Washington and I forget who their final game is against but that 7-2 matchup Seattle at Philadelphia. Now let's assume Philadelphia wins the division. They get the two seed. The Seahawks and Pete Carroll have owned, owned the Eagles. It's awkward how much they've dominated the Philadelphia Eagles. They've never lost. I don't think it's like eight. No, something crazy where the Seahawks and I don't really care what the exact number is, but they showed it during the game whenever it was a week or two or two weeks ago. The Seahawks own, Pete Carroll owns the Eagles. And the Eagles lost again in Seattle. That game was in Seattle. That game is interesting just because of that dynamic. I would still pick the Eagles to win at home playoffs. I'd still think they'd find a way. They're two good hurts. But that'd be an interesting matchup. Dallas and, you know, Dallas going to Tampa would be an interesting matchup. Dallas not quite as good away, not as good. Away from Dallas, and you go to a Tampa team that's been really hot. Baker Mayfield's playing pretty well. Now, I picked the Cowboys in that game, but again, interesting. And then the Rams and the Lions. Again, not a marquee matchup that I got to get my popcorn out to watch, but interesting. You have a team that not that long ago won the Super Bowl. Okay. You have a, a team that's won in the playoffs. Still have talent going up against a Lions team that's had a banner season, playing a home playoff game and trying to make noise in the playoffs for the first time in 30-something years. Interesting. So maybe I talked myself into the NFC being a little bit more interesting than I originally gave it credit for. I just don't think that the marquee matchups don't feel like they're there. They're interesting games. But I don't. There's no marquee matchup like you'd see Buffalo versus Kansas City. Buffalo at KC—that's a marquee matchup. Even Browns Jaguars is is really interesting. You know, because if the if the Jaguars if they can find a way to win a game in the playoffs, all of a sudden you're dealing with a quarterback the likes of Trevor Lawrence who just won a playoff game, and that could be dangerous. You find a way, and then if it becomes, you know, I don't know, let's say Buffalo beats Kansas City and Jacksonville beats the Browns and the Dolphins win, then you're going to have the Bills going to the Ravens and you're going to have Jacksonville-Miami. We'll see. But the games in the NFC are interesting. Um, and I actually wouldn't mind if the field stayed exactly the way it is right now. We'll see uh, if an other team can push in. What's that, Nico? I'm actually super interested
2: in the AFC because I look at the teams there. Their quarterbacks have more questions than the ones in the AFC do. I go down the list. I have no faith in Brock Purdy. No on, faith? None? No faith. Zero. I'm expecting a collapse. He, he's had more than one bad game this season. They did have a rough stretch during that three-game losing streak. I do think he's a system QB. He's probably better than what most guys would be in that system, but the system is definitely helping him and the talent around him for sure. I don't think he can elevate in a big moment to get the 49ers where they need to get to. I think the quarterback is the missing piece. And then I look at the Eagles. Jalen Hurts this season hasn't been great. Last season, he was really good towards the end, has a strong playoff run. He's been kind of a disappointment for me this season. So. I think there's a couple question marks with, with him. Jared Goff, obviously question marks there. The moment may be a little too big for the Lions. I'm a Baker Mayfield guy, but I'm not sure he's going to do anything in the playoffs. Dak Prescott, another guy, lots of questions there, what he can do in the playoffs. You're kind of almost waiting for the Cowboys to have that collapse. The most trusted team for me is the Rams because, like you said, they have that Super Bowl pedigree. They've been there before. I trust Matt Stafford more than anybody else in this field to quarterbacks in the NFC. I also think they're a team that's just getting hot at the right time, and they're putting it together at the right time. It almost reminds me of, I hate to bring this up, but the Giants that snuck in to the playoffs as, like, I think they're the last seed, and they go all the way, beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They almost remind me of that. that Who reminds you of the Giants? The Rams. Yeah. As a team, just getting hot at the right time, putting it together.
0: Because I would have said the same thing about the Giants. They haven't been good enough. But the Rams, that's a real... Now, I don't know. I'm not ready to go there. Um, In fact, I'd probably say Tampa more than the Rams. But they could be the the Buffalo Bills of the NFC. Sort of that dark horse that has been there that could find a way to get hot. And if they get hot, you know, Sean McVay. Uh, Here's the other thing. Which quarterback... Do you really like out of the NFC? They don't have the dudes the NFC or the AFC does. Allen, Mahomes, Lawrence, Jackson. Those are the guys in the AFC. They're dudes. Um, Whether they can win at the highest level in the playoffs, all of them, they haven't proven that. They're still dudes. Brock Purdy, System QB. I'm with you there. Dak Prescott, System. He needs coaching. He needs weapons. He needs everything working. And he'll be good if that happens. Jalen Hurts, same thing. If you put Jalen Hurts on Chicago... I think Chicago might have one more win. They're just, they're basically where they are now if Jalen Hurts is there. He's benefited from great weapons, great coaching, great system. Um, and, and keep in mind with the Eagles, I know they're the 2C, they've been awful on third down defensively all year. So that's another thing. If you're worried about Hurts and then you throw that into the mix, that's another thing that could be an Achilles heel that ruins them in the playoffs. Right now, I'll ask you right now, Nico, because you're here, who do you have in the NFC or out of the NFC in the Super Bowl? Right so now.
2: I really like the Rams right now. My wow. I actually have two dark horses, so I'm hoping to go one for two on this. But I like the Rams. I think this is the Bills' year to get to the Super Bowl. They feel like they're due. The Bills feel like they're due. I think Josh Allen is putting it together a little bit more now. It may come down to what Stephon Diggs does. Because if anyone can tear that team apart, it'd be Stephon Diggs.
0: I still think... I still think it's the 49ers. I'm not as down on Brock Purdy as you are. Yes, I think he's a system QB, but I do think that with Kyle Shanahan, they will find a way based on their defense and Brian Greasy's there. Um, they're going to find a way to get back to basics and just ride Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and also George Kittle. But just McCaffrey, Samuel, Ride those guys. They're your binkies. And then take your shots when you can. I think they're going to find a way to get him back in line or whatever you want to call it, back on the right track. And they're going to be the team to beat. They've already dominated the Cowboys and the Eagles. They've been in the Rams division. the They've they've dominated those teams. Are the, the Lions going to upset them? I just think they've been tested against the best of the NFC. And if Purdy can just figure it out, just getting back on track will be good enough for them. That's how I see the NFC. I do
2: feel that if the Eagles see the Niners again, it's going to be a very different game.
0: And if the game's tight, I
2: don't like the Niners because I can't trust Brock Purdy to finish out a game. That's the issue for me, is I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for the Niners. If they see the Cowboys again, they may smoke the Cowboys. I don't really have a lot of faith in Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, but I can't imagine the Eagles being as bad as they were the first time against the Niners.
0: Yeah, like uh, Herb Brooks used to say, or he said it after the, the game that the USA lost to Russia that first time, it's anybody's net. And I guess you could say that after Brock Purdy had the game he just had. I can't sit here and say without any question he's going to step up and rise to the occasion in the playoffs because he just had a four interception or whatever it was, you know, against a good team, a good defense. That could happen again. And if it does or if he's not at the top of his game against one of these teams, even if it is Dallas or Philly or even Detroit, they could be in trouble. So, you know, the Lions are no slouch. If you have a game, I mean, they could put pressure on you defensively. They're pretty good. If you have a game where you turn it over, making a run in the NFC Championship game, that'll be fun. I, I do the team that is the biggest mystery to me, which will be fascinating to watch. And I kind of hope—I I don't want to see them play the Colts in the first round. Miami—they really haven't. Be, now they beat Dallas. Good win. Dallas isn't the same team away from Dallas. They haven't beaten a lot of good teams this year. Now, if they beat Baltimore this week, that will change my perception. The Dallas win didn't change my perception that much. Miami, if they beat the Baltimore Ravens coming off of that big win in San Francisco, that will change my perception a little bit, or not even a little bit. That would change, bona fide change my perception of the Miami Dolphins. I'll say, damn it, they could beat a good team. They could beat anybody, and they're a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs at the highest level, and anything's possible. I don't see it yet. I still think they need to show me a little bit more. But they're lurking, too. But there's something about the Bills. Something about the Bills. I don't know what it is. I'm just feeling something about the Bills. All right, we're late. 617-779-7937. We'll get into Hour 3 of the Rich Keefe show here. Um... We're going to go to basketball when we get back. The Boston Celtics take the court against a really lousy team tomorrow night. But there is something that needs to be said right here and now or when we get back about the Celtics and their ownership and their approach. And they are kicking every other team in this city's ass when it comes to those things. We're going to talk about that. We're going to outline that next. is the Rich Keefe Show. Mark Dondero, in for Rich on WEI.